Ruth chapter 1, verses 15 to 18. So she said, See, your daughter-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your, after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not press me to leave you or to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. There will I be buried. May the Lord do thus and so to me, and more as well, if even death parts me from you. When Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more to her. Do you know how difficult it is to feel that you don't have a place in this world? It's like the story of Victor, one of my best friends. Victor was born and raised here in good old Georgia in a military base. However, he was never quite accepted by his peers. For them, he was a Puerto Rican, not an American. Well, after a long career in the military, his dad finally decided to quit, go back to Puerto Rico, seek a better environment for his son. When Victor was enrolled in school, everybody reacted to him. He was not a Puerto Rican, he was an American. Something similar to this sense, to this feeling of dislocation is what happens when a loved one dies. I still remember that afternoon when I was walking towards my aunt's house and on the way I saw a fruit stand and I bought a bag of tamarinds. That was my mom's favorite fruit. I began eating the sour tamarinds and on the way to my aunt's house, I said, I am going to save half for mom. And then something just slapped me in the face. It was the date, May 1976. My mom had been dead for 11 months. If you can identify with the pain of any of these stories, can you imagine what should it feel to feel both losses and dislocation at the same time? Well, that's precisely what happened to Ruth and Naomi. The story takes place in Palestine in the times of the judges. It is the typical story of the immigrant running away from famine. Elimelech migrates from his homeland. Bethlehem in Judah, to the land of Moab. Like Abraham and Joseph before him, and like thousands of people still do, coming to this country. He was seeking a dream. A dream of a better life. A dream of a better future. Elimelech took his wife Naomi and his two sons, Mahlon and Kilion, with him. However, Elimelech's dreams went sour. 
Sometimes I think that Murphy's Law regulates the life of the immigrant. No million dollar lottery, no sweepstakes, no executive ladder, no bank to start as a cleaning person and end up as president. Elimelech died, leaving Naomi with her two sons. Naomi's sons married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other one named Ruth. And they lived in Moab for about 10 years until the worst imaginable thing happened. Both Mahlon and Kilian died. You have to understand that for a woman in the, in the ancient Near East, widowhood was a nightmare, a living nightmare. To be a widow meant to be indigent because only males and very rich women could own land or possessions in most countries. To be a widow without brothers-in-law meant that you were without the protection of the Leverite law. The law that stipulated that your brother-in-law had to marry you in case of widowhood in order to take care for, of the kids, of the name, of the wealth, of the inheritance. To be a widow without children meant to be displaced, to lose the right to inherit property, to have no one to care for you when you were old. And we have three widows. No husband, no children, no brother-in-law. No land, no job, no rights, no social security checks. Poverty, displacement, and grief. But not everything was lost. Naomi received good news. Good news from Judah. The famine was over. Now she was able to go back home. So Naomi packed her things and began her return to Judah with her two daughters-in-law. But in the way home, Naomi realized that her two daughters were not from Judah. There were Moabites. While Ruth was returning home, they were leaving home. Besides, Naomi was too old to have more children. Therefore, according to the law of the time, they were freed to the loyalty to Elimelech's family, and they had to return home because according to the law of the time, they belonged back to their fathers. Naomi said, go back home. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of a new husband. In this way, Naomi was about to lose all the family she had left. The two women kissed Naomi, weeping, assuring her of, our, of their support. No, we won't leave you. No, we are not going to leave. But Naomi insisted, go back home. 
I have no more sons in my womb. Go back home and start all over again. Orpa, kiss Naomi and went away. But Ruth clung to her. Then Naomi said, Look, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and to her gods. Go back with her. And for the first time in her life, Ruth had something that you and I take for granted. The power to make a choice. Since her childhood, she had been under, under male dominance. Grandpa, the patriarch, the father, then the father-in-law, then the husband. Now, it was the first time in her life that she had the power to make a decision all on her own. I guess that that was a very difficult moment for Ruth. Do you remember the first time that you had a significant amount of money to spend on your own? If you were like me, you made an incredibly long list of things to buy. And when the big day of going and spending the money came by, you went to the store and you wandered for hours and hours and hours until you decided. I guess that Ruth was as confused as we were at that time. However, the problem was that, the, that her first decision was not between buying a new pair of jeans and a grunge t-shirt. Her, her first decision was, in what world am I going to live? This reminds me of the biography of a thinker and poet, a politician from the island of Martinique in the Caribbean. His name is Aimé Césaire. He wrote a book that is called Notebooks on the Return Home. Aimé Césaire was born in extreme poverty. But he was so intelligent that through his academic achievements, he went all the way to Paris. And he studied at the National School of Public Administration in Paris, France, with all the people that were going to be the top politicians of his generation. And after he was done with his studies, he realized that he had to take a decision, to make a decision. In what world am I going to live? I am going to affirm my Antillian roots and go back to Martinique? Or should I consider myself French? Now that I've made it. Should I, should I affirm my black culture? Or should I live in the white world of the white French as a fellow citizen that just happens to be black? In short, am I going to affirm the world of symbols of and meaning of this culture? Or should I get back and go to mine? That was precisely what Ruth had before her. A decision between two communities, two value systems, two set of symbols, two worlds of meanings, two gods. A decision 
between two gods. From our standpoint, this election between two gods may seem anachronic, old, removed from our experience. After all, nobody worships anymore Chemosh, the Moabite divinity. Why? Well, the Moabite religion demanded, among other things, the sacrifice of your firstborn child. Chemosh had an image, and in the image, the, the hands were together, and a fire burned there. And you had to throw your firstborn into the hands of Chemosh. Who wants to worship a god of death if you have access to a god of life? But on second thoughts, aren't we surrounded too by false gods of death? False gods of death that condone violence, militarism, and genocide. False gods of death that sanction oppression and racism and discrimination and sexism. False gods of death that label hate a virtue and murder a mission? Aren't we surrounded by that? But we have an option. Scripture reveals the God of life. The God that in Christ identified to us to the point of death and even a death on a cross. The God that calls us to participate in a new order of justice. A new order where justice will roll like waters and righteousness like a never-flowing root stream. A kingdom, a realm of love, mercy, peace, and wholeness. A decision. We do have to make a decision between two communities, two value systems, two set of symbols. Two worlds of meanings between two gods. But Ruth said, Do not press me to leave you or to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. And your God, your God, my God.